Hello and welcome to episode number 331 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are back again. We kicked off the new year with a pretty great film last week. Um, talking we about stream, which was, yeah, a great start. Always good to kick things off with a good film. We've been on such a good run for like a while. Um, hence why we've still got, you know, like this week's movie is another movie that actually did come out last year. Um, but Ooh. it was such a busy sort of last three months of 2022 that we're still finding movies that we wanted to see at the time but couldn't, um, which is great. And obviously we've got some pretty big releases coming very soon, which we'll get to shortly. Um but yeah, a little bit of news this week. Quite a lot of news, actually. Well, it's mostly just trailers. We've kind of been waiting for a, a few of these for a while, um, knowing that, you know, lots of big movies are coming out at the start of this year. Um, we've obviously talked about, like, the small teaser trailer for Scream recently. Um, still surprised that that's all we've got for now. And I'm curious, yeah, I, like... I really thought it was going to drop in the last week. Yeah, definitely. Really Especially good. with all these other ones. It feels like it's mm. that time now of, like, the first mm. sort of proper week of the year. Um but no, we got one that we knew we were getting, uh, that we teased last week, which of course is uh, Evil Dead Rise, um, which is out very soon indeed. In fact, all of these, Ooh. we've got three trailers to talk about, and all of these movies are out in April. Um, with, uh, yeah, this one out on the 21st of April. And yeah, we've obviously we've talked a lot about Evil Dead, the franchise, uh, over the past many, many years. It is yeah, one that indeed. we've absolutely adore across film and tv an evil dead movie for the show mm, no exactly obviously it's been because it i think it was 2013 wasn't it evil dead so i think it has been a decade of obviously away from the film world in that time producing three incredible seasons of ash versus evil dead um but yeah this is obviously a very different thing completely new people uh behind the camera and in front of it as we knew mm -hmm. completely different setting as well um um, pretty long trailer about two and a half minutes so we get a good mm. sense of kind of what this movie is about um what did you make of it um well it looked crazy like some of the some of the things that were going on kind of some of the horror scenes and the gross kind of effects and everything looked like you know what we kind of need them to be but it really i think if this had been a trailer that come out and it was just called like the cabin or you know whatever i think would have been like oh this looks like a pretty gnarly trailer with a lot of kind of violence and gore this could be interesting but i think as soon as you attach you know evil dead to the name th this in no way really felt evil deadish to me you know i think it um you know is going in a completely different direction and that's not always a bad thing but certainly from the trailer like i was like okay you know, th there's nothing about this that got me pumped to to be like, oh, shit, man, they're doing Evil Dead again. It was like, oh, no, this looks like a cool, you know, over-the-top violent movie that's got the Evil Dead name on it. Let's see what happens. You know, I, I definitely wasn't blown away by it. I'm quite surprised, actually, that you say that, because to me... Um it did look like evil dead um first really? of all i think that yeah i think the trailer is good i like the trailer i was pleasantly surprised um because i'd mentioned like in recent weeks really that i've got just i don't know i just had a bad feeling about this movie mm. um and so seeing the trailer mm. i'm definitely more interested in it now um 
I wasn't blown away by any means, but I think it, first of all, I think it looks very fun, which I think is good. Um, to me, it did look like Evil Dead because it had multiple of the things that I'd want from Evil Dead, which is kind of the insane level of violence. Obviously, you need to have just a shit ton of blood in like every scene. Um, and But then also needing to have a few of those quirky moments and this doesn't necessarily come across as funny um in in ways than which evil dead can be hilarious you know mostly with the deadites but i like those kind of shit talking moments with the deadites which you do get a little bit of in this trailer yeah i think part of it for me was that it felt more possessed and and you know exorcist or you know a possession type movie as opposed to a dead eye i think a dead eye has a very distinct look and feel and i think it's those clarity dead eyes and those high-pitched voices that uh, that makes a dead eye a dead eye as opposed to a zombie or someone that's possessed and i kind of felt like this trailer looked like this could easily be branded as a possession movie and I know Evil Dead, you you get possessed, but you become a Deadite. And I don't know. To me, they didn't feel like Deadites on you know on screen. But I'm hoping when we see it, they will. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. But yeah, the, my two biggest takeaways, I guess, from the trailer was the first one being like I couldn't believe how much visually it looked like the last film. Um, I mm. think from like that standpoint, from a, like if you're just a casual audience, it will be a case of oh they made another one of those Evil Dead films because it to me it looks like they're completely aping almost all of the sort of camera techniques and stuff that Fede was doing in Evil Dead. Um, you know, specifically the use of focus is like unbelievable how much it's ripped out of that movie. Um, let alone the fact that a lot of the characters really look, you know, like characters that we had in the last film as well. So that was something that I, cause we've heard a lot about this movie. It's been a while. It's a completely different team. It's a different location. So I expected it to just be so different and I was stunned at how much it really felt like it had so much dna from the last film which really does make me wonder if this came from perhaps the genesis of a sequel that has then kind of changed over years and maybe fede didn't want to do it or for whatever reason and, and then it became this as a more standalone mm. movie so that's what surprised me and then the other big takeaway was the setting which has obviously been such a massive talking point since we kind of got this film announced kind of taking it away from the cabin in the woods and to me so far i think it feels not good i think it feels just irrelevant it, to me it feels like they kind of said like okay if we're gonna do another evil dead movie again we have to put it in a new location it almost felt like that was the main mission statement and someone cool. just went i don't know let's just shove it in an apartment and they went cool and then well, to me i remember to record those. record was a cool movie let's just yeah, shove exactly. it in a block of apartments and so and it's like oh but we're still gonna have people locked behind walls we're still gonna have the shaky camera we're still gonna have all of these moments that make it evil dead but it's just not in a cabin anymore let alone the fact that there are multiple cuts in this trailer that does show a cabin that does show a sort of wooded area which it seems like it's coming across as a dream i think the character's talking about she has this recurring dream so i'm curious how that's going to play out in the film um there's clearly a cabin in this film um but yeah that that i don't like the setting that that was the one thing that really threw me off i was just like this just feels too forced of like oh if this is just they made a remake of the last film but switched out the the location i don't know if this is going to do much for me but i yeah i was surprised overall because it looks fun um incredibly gory um we really don't get a sense of the our lead characters at all in this because it is kind of told from the perspective of 
this possessed person which now you bring it up you do make a good point because they are they do seem like they're the protagonist is like this person who who, who is kind of coming across as possessed and that isn't very mm. dead i.e at all um because that does get me worried because there there is a slight vibe to this and again this is only on the trailer but i did get that sort of hellraiser feeling from it of like mm. oh god i wonder if are these are all of our protagonists going to be incredibly annoying and unlikable in this movie and we just want to see them all get killed like i <laughs> i do worry about that as well because they were so good we're in, in the we're last in evil dead movie phase, aren't we of mm. um you know the remake cycle you know we had texas chainsaw massacre we had kind of yeah, you know, um, you know the, these movies where they kind of really focus on our characters being pieces of shit because they're like, oh, you're here to see Leatherface, you're here to see mm. Deadites, yeah, and and it is it is a bit of a worry, you know, you're here to see Pinhead, and it's like, um, you know, yeah, you, we can't. I think last year we had a couple of movies where a couple of them landed and a couple of them didn't, where every character in the film was a piece of shit, and it was the first time we've had that for the podcast. But there was a few of them last year, and it does worry me that that is like a trend that's continuing. And it's a it's a real big gamble because I think more often than not, I'm going to get sick and tired of it. And, you know, no one wants to watch a film where none of the characters are likable. No, it's weird. Like, it, it feels like that would have made more sense in the past. That To, to me, mm. that feels like a massive re- regression of where the genre is right now, where we actually have such well-made well-crafted overall horror films now and to me that feels more like a weird throwback thing of you know we mentioned with something like terrifier and it's so funny mm. how terrifier 2 tried so hard to have this sort of lead protagonist that was you know iconic yeah, and they're looking terrifier is a perfect like, movie to have piece of shit characters just be like oh everyone sucks because you just want art to kill them but i think yeah. like with evil dead you know Anyone, anyone says the words "Evil Dead," and people have seen the movies. You're gonna think of Ash. You don't yeah. think of the Deadite, you know. And so, you yeah, know, you're thinking of, of the from protagonist the film as well. Yeah, you know exactly. You know, you're thinking of the protagonist and fighting the Deadites, and so you know you need that character in there. Yeah. Yeah, lest we forget all the amazing characters that they added in the TV show as well. Like to me, Ooh. that is what has always been the strongest thing about Evil Dead. So yeah, like if. Again, that is purely, you know, speculation at this point. But, um, mm. yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Like, I think it's going to be a very interesting one, regardless. Like, already based upon this trailer, it has my mind sort of racing in good ways. Where I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fascinating movie to see and then discuss. Um, but, yeah, moving on, uh, some very different... I mean, we have three trailers here that probably couldn't be more different in tone. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Very next much. up is... Um, and we've discussed all these in different times as well on the show. Um, but the next one is Renfield, um, which, yeah, oh, yeah, we also discussed last week um, and kind of said, where's the trailer? And lo and behold, Ooh. it popped up. Um, this is out the week before, so this is 14th of April. Obviously, very sort of comedy-focused. Um, yeah. But, yeah, what, what did you make of this trailer? I swear I saw Nicholas Holt in something recently, you know, <laughs> that was my mind. Um, yeah, I, it, it was fun. Um, watching the trailer, I'm like, okay, I enjoyed this and I want to see this because Nicholas Cage in recent times, I'm like, okay, I need to see him as Dracula. And like the, the, the fucking trailer knows that's what we want as well, which is brilliant. <laughs> and I think they're playing into it. And I'm like, okay, if you can play into the Nicholas Cage, like persona that's going on right now and you you know you carry that on into the trailer the, the carry the trailer on into the movie this could be fun um but yeah nothing about this scream to me this is a horror movie i want to see 
um but it but it still is a movie that i want to see um and so, yeah i i just hope that when we see it it will you know it is rated r and and that was one of the big things that kind of came out you know when we got the rating and it was like okay you know as long as they can lean into the horror to a point so at least we have an excuse to do it for the podcast but um yeah i i i thought it was fun but just just really there's no horror in the trailer is there no it it's funny because with evil dead i was so excited because i had no idea what this was going to look like with mm. renfield this was exactly what i thought this film was going to be um, I from, I <laughs> yeah well, yes and no for me um every time we've discussed this in the news and stuff it, it got announced the title the lead actor and all this stuff and then it came out with nick cage and the dracula stuff and i always assumed like with the title and everything that oh, okay he is going to be a small part in this in this film and this trailer all but confirms it i get that they're kind of leading into it and they want you to be excited for it but i fully think he's going to be in 20 minutes of this movie tops um which could be good like that is enough as we've seen in recent times but i do think with what nick cage has done recently he has been so good as the lead in films where he has literally carried films um and he's done such a good job at it and i'm not ready for him to go back to being a bit you know rate player um and especially because he's playing dracula like i do worry that we're going to be left wanting more from this movie and i also think in terms of the actual film it looks so tv to me like it looks very cheap in terms of like the hair and makeup it it very much reminds me of what we do in the shadows um which i really like or i do i enjoy it um last year's season four was easily the worst one so i am getting a bit bored of it now because it's been around for so long but it looks exactly like that in terms of the comedy and in terms of just the way the kind of vampires look and it is funny because that show has cameos in it um fun cameos like mark hamill's in it and i think where's snipes is in it as well which is crazy um and it just has these fun people that pop up that will play a character in an episode and then you move on and that's exactly what this felt watching this trailer where it was like Mm. remember that great episode where nick cage played dracula that was a fun 20 minutes like that feels to me what it is and it's like well no but this is a different thing this is a cinema release film that brings with it so much more um different expectations rather than an episode of a tv show um but either way yeah i think i'll probably enjoy it Um, um, but yeah, I did expect it to be way more comedy than horror, and and that's kind of what it is. So I wasn't disappointed because mm. that's always what I thought it was going to be. But yeah, it does look good. It just looks kind of cheap. I don't know. It looks it looks quite actiony. It reminds mm. me of the Mummy films. Yeah, from you know the 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 Rock eventually ended up in. You know, I think um, it reminded me of those where it was very tongue in cheek. It was comedy, and then it had these kind of you know. The, the very light you know horror elements in them i think this will go harder than that obviously with it being rated r but it really mm-hmm. does feel like kind of this zany you know there was a lot of action in this trailer yeah you know renfield when he kind of gets this some sort of ability um you know it felt very you know mummy-esque or blade-like but not not hyper violent like blade yeah but yeah, an interesting one. Like we're we're definitely seeing a complete sort of diverse package of movies this year, which is a very good thing. Um, but yeah, nextly, this last trailer just sort of thrown in, in this in here for fun, mostly um, mm-hmm. and mostly because we have talked about it in the podcast and how it's 
probably not a horror film definitely not a horror film um but ari aster is obviously you know a huge name in recent horror history of course for his first two movies in hereditary and midsummer which we kind of got back to back years in 2018 and 2019 which was so crazy um but he's been gone for a very long time we knew what this this main project was um Mm -hmm. so it's been nearly four years by the time this releases in april um which was an original titled disappointment boulevard has now been renamed to i believe it's pronounced bow is afraid um which i'm already annoyed about because disappointment boulevard is a way better title for a film it's a a great name for a film yeah so it's um but yeah we see this trailer no um this trailer is mental obviously as well this is sort of joaquin Mm. phoenix's next big film after winning an oscar Mm. for joker he was in a smaller film last year but i'd never even heard of it until i'd done a bit of research um so this is definitely sort of his big screen return so to speak um but yeah i it's and it's uh, the other thing as well is like the entire time we've talked about this in the news saying you know it's not horror and it was described as a nightmare comedy and Mm. seeing this trailer that that is very apt um because i have no idea what the hell this film is um I, i don't think it's a particularly good trailer but i do think that it's probably reflective of the film which is that i don't think you can conceptualize what this film is in a trailer and that to me is exciting um because i'm like i don't know what the hell this is and like ari aster is a genius joaquin phoenix is a genius so i'm sure this movie is mental but i you know i watched a two-minute trailer and i still don't really know what this is other than it's i guess a comedy but i didn't laugh at any of it it was just all like weird so yeah i don't i didn't know what to make of it um what what did you did you have anything to think about it when you were watching it I mean, it, it was it was two minute two minutes of absolute pure chaos, mm. and I I just got a sense of oh okay this is going to be batshit crazy and I'm in for the ride. It looks like Ariaster has kind of went. Do you know what? If I can get hold of like one of the hottest acting talents on the planet right now, let's just let's just go fucking nuts. Mm. Like you, you know, and and that that's kind of what it you know felt like, and that's what it looks like watching it. And I'm like okay. Like I'm, I'm down for this. Like God knows what the hell it's going to be. You know, there, there were. It, I, I remember like halfway through the trailer thinking, "Oh, okay, I think I, I think I get what this is." And then suddenly, like he was running for a field and people were shooting at him. I'm like, "Oh, I don't get what this is." <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was just like one, yeah, one crazy thing to the next. But I think it's going to be, um, yeah, definitely something that I'm going to want to see. But I don't know why I want to see it. <laughs> is how i feel <laughs> yeah I, like, I, yeah i'm with you where i have no idea if i'll like this at all i i have to if i had to guess right now i'd say i'm not gonna like this film but i what the, i massively respect ariasta for just doing what the hell he wants like a lot of times yeah. you get put in a box early in your career and you end up just doing and again maybe you love doing that but there'll be you'll make a movie that people would expect yeah, you, don't you to, to go make. make fast and the furious no 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 disrespect but. yeah well it's not even that i think when you make hereditary in midsummer that is a clear path you know he would his next yeah. movie would look like men to me that would be like yep if yeah. ariasta directed men that would have made perfect sense but this movie Ooh. makes no sense to anyone and and i love that ari was like yeah but this is what i wanted to make and clearly Ooh. joaquin um believed in it enough to sign up for it as well which that's kind of the most exciting part about it i think is that he doesn't you know he picks films um very sort of frugally yeah, he, he's um, 
just taking a paycheck. No. Yeah. So like the fact that he wanted to be a part of this means that either he was a huge fan of his two previous films and he just sort of went blindly, or it was a case of reading the script and being like, "This film is incredible, and I need to work on it." So, um, yeah, he's not an actor that goes in blind as well, just based off someone else's credits. You know, mm. he, he's looking at the script, so you know, you, you've got to believe in that as well. But yeah, it's definitely unique, and we need more of these sort of unique filmmakers where, yeah, I don't think anyone else could have made this film. God knows if it'll be good or if I will actually get enjoyment from it, but he's back, and I think the world's a better place with with Ari Aster's of the world making the films. The, the, in, in a world where we have, just in, in cinema in general, you know, the, you know, just sequels and, and remakes mm-hmm. and, and, you know, franchise movies regardless, um, that are just making these you know the, the crazy money at the box office and they're the ones that you keep being recycled to have these people that will just be like no i'm gonna i'm just gonna fucking make the movie i want to make and i'm gonna make good shit and and hope that people like it you know and it's like you know you know jordan peele swung for the fences last year he made what he wanted to make and and that's like with ari Aster, i'm like keep making what you want to make and keep mm. making original shit because you've made some of the best original shit that we've seen for this podcast so okay cool you step away from the genre a bit but still if you make original stuff i'm going to want to see it because you're that talented you know and i want to see these type of movies you know it's fun going to see a new you know going to see avatar or going to see a marvel movie or whatever but seeing these new franchises where you don't know what the fuck's going to happen is always just a fun thing and when you've got someone at the helm like this it gets me excited even if it's not a horror movie and it's not something that i'm like oh shit like i get this um you know it's the same with nolan like the second nolan is like i'm gonna do a movie i'm like great like give it to me like give me a title give me a cast and i'll be there day one like that's all i need i don't need any i don't need anything else and and ari is the same now yeah no well said and i completely agree like i mean look at the other two trailers we just talked about like franchise films you know it's dracula it's evil dead like these are existing ip mm. so we really they're like when you start to judge it i would love to look back on just the overall year and stuff and and because like yeah just the amount of especially if you only looked at cinema stuff like okay how much new ip do you get to see at the cinema it is extremely rare and that's what's crazy that we actually yeah. get one next week which is very exciting especially with it being a brand new horror ip at the cinema as well mm. um but yeah so so rare so yeah, yeah. Yeah, horror like horror new ip at the cinema is fucking rare yeah. you know these days so like yeah, yeah unless I it think, has a james one or a you know jordan peele or these people attached mm. to it it pretty much doesn't happen like yeah but yeah yeah for very sure. interested in that one for sure um just a couple of quick hits here this one's just hilarious and i had to put it in here even though i don't believe it for a second um <laughs> <laughs> which is um our boy eli roth um when, oh, did, Eli Roth. when did we last see Eli? What was he up to? I'm trying to think now because he uh, he executive produced something, right? Yeah, obviously he didn't direct a film for a while, and then he came back with Green Inferno and Knock Knock, and then hmm. I wanna, he did like he did one with Bruce Willis in it. Was it Death Wish or something? Which I don't even think I saw. Oh yeah, the, was that him? I mean, yeah. that is a Bruce Willis. Movie. I think so. Um, and then I don't know if he's done hmm. a film since. I know he is currently directing Borderlands, um, the the film oh, based God, on yeah, the video game franchise. Yeah. Which yeah, God knows what that is. Like I might end up enjoying it. I 
can't stand the video games, but I'm sure that doesn't really have much, you know, impact on the actual film. Um, but yeah, he's he's got a new film in the works, which yeah, like Deadline reported this, which is why I'm actually talking about it because they are reliable. Um, but I've been hearing this for 15 years um, since Grindhouse came out, which is that apparently Eli Roth is making a full feature version of his fake trailer Thanksgiving. Um, which yeah, again, I have heard this for 15 years. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this in here because I adore everything about Grindhouse. Um, Death Proof and mm-hmm. Planet Terror are two of my all-time favorite films. The the fake trailers, obviously Machete and kind of the films that we got were incredible. But then the free, specifically the free in the middle. It's crazy who was attached at the time. We had Eli Roth doing Thanksgiving. We had Edgar Wright doing Don't. And we had Rob Zombie doing uh, The Werewolf Woman of the SS, which should have been <laughs> a film, 100%. Um, and yeah. it, this was always the one that, like, it seemed like a gimme because, oh, it's just a slasher, you know, based on Thanksgiving. And Eli talked at the time that it was just a joke that he came up with, that there was basically a film about every, you know, it was a horror film about every holiday. Yeah, every holiday apart from, yeah. And I'm sure that's that can't be the case still because that was 16 years ago. So I'm sure <laughs> someone must have made one at this point um but yeah it just seemed like an easy one to do and apparently they're going to begin shooting in march for this one um again the the reason why this sounds real is like um spyglass are apparently behind this and they are the people that kind of um have picked up a bunch of different horror ip in recent years um most notably scream and hellraiser so they were kind of like behind the two recent films you know that we saw last year for both those franchises um so yeah i just put this in here for a laugh because I don't know if this is ever going to happen, but I would love to see it personally. Would you like to see Eli Roth's Thanksgiving finally after all these years? In what way has it got anything to do with Eli Roth is my question, like in the reports. Um, It says here uh, he's producing... Um, he made I th- the original trailer. Yeah, <laughs> I think it is it is difficult because I assumed he was directing. Um, yeah. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah, it just says that Roth's involved. Um, That's all it really says. Yeah, I can imagine that this movie does get made. Mm. Uh, I mean, it blows my mind that it's not already being made. But like you say, those people attached to it, I can see them creating this movie, but I can see it. Yeah, Eli Roth is is an executive producer just because he made the trailer. Mm. Yeah, I was just reading it now. Basically, they don't say if he's directing, but they said that he was doing borderlands which now has reshoots that he has handed over to tim miller who directed deadpool so he's directing the reshoots for borderlands because elo roth is too busy on the pre-production for thanksgiving currently um which again this that's the whole i mean i mean now it just sounds like elo roth has been sacked from borderlands and he's like fuck i need to come up with a movie to make it sound like i haven't been sacked thanksgiving anyone it's exactly (laughs) what this sounds like um If, if I was reading this, Thanksgiving. It's yeah. been sixteen years in the making, guys. Fuck Borderlands. Yeah, I love how yeah, someone rang him up at deadline, and they were like, "Why did you get fired from Borderlands?" And he's like, "I'm making a movie." And they were like, "What?" And he just scr- frantically was looking on his desk, yeah. and he was like, uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I if I'd have read this on any other website, I wouldn't have even put it in the news because it sounds like complete bullshit to me. But this is Deadline. They don't make shit up, so <laughs> there must be something to that's this. It's been, been a fun chat, regardless. Yeah, like. I've enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I want to see what the cool. hell this movie is. Why not? I mean, those trailers are so good. Like I, I haven't seen them for a hot minute, so I need. I think I might need to watch all three of those trailers later because they're so Ooh. good. If, if, no, if no one's ever seen, I mean, you should watch all of Grindhouse anyway, but specifically the free fake trailers in the middle. Um, of course, by those free amazing directors as well like it's so cool yeah um it was just this hilarious thing you know it was kind of pre vhs where mm. it was like oh, okay we've got these like cool people in horror just making this fun little trailer you know they, they haven't got to be attached to it for years or months and months and months they're just going to cut this cool little trailer and it was easy and they were just really fun and it was kind of you know it really it, you know it did feel like a door opening to be like oh, okay if we can get like these cool people in horror just to make these little short things like let's do that you know instead of you know tethering them to the to a big project mm. um and then yeah the names they got was insane when it came out as well because this was this would have been what around the time rob was doing the remake of halloween it would have been mm. just after uh edgar only doing Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz um yeah. so it, and eli roth yeah, hype as well. Yeah, exactly. Just coming off of I, I think Hostel one and two at that point. Hostel, so like it was, yeah. it was, yeah, just a perfect timing really for all these guys. Um, but yeah, I would, I would love to see it. And yeah, definitely like if Eli Roth's directing as well, that would make it so much more special. Um, yeah, Eli Roth's not directing. <laughs> he's doing some. He's doing something. But we'll, we'll find out. Oh, yeah, he's not. He's I, just- I kind of want to dig into this more now because I, I feel like Deadline have only scratched the surface here. There's some funny shit involved, mm. but I might have to do some digging later. Um, but yeah, and then lastly, this yeah. is just a very small thing because um, we're going to be talking properly, of course, about Megan next week. Um, but there has been a sort of a plethora of stories, which again, we'll mostly talk about next week because there's apparently already a sequel in the works. There's It's been doing incredibly well at the box office. But I did want to touch upon this because I do find it kind of interesting, especially before we've seen the film, which is about the sort of the rating it got and and whether or not there was a a gorier version at some point um which turns out to be very much correct uh basically the writer has been talking about the movie and saying that yeah it was it was way gorier she said um uh, the quote is that there's no shade to universal i love them and i understand that once the trailer went viral teenagers got involved and you want them to be able to see it so that's kind of what happened um the, she then continues that there should be an unrated version at some point i heard it's on the books and yes it is overall way gorier so basically this was probably going to be an r-rated movie oh. um but then when the trailer came out last year it went massive on tiktok specifically um yeah. and very much a young audience gravitated towards it and they they uh, i I don't blame them but obviously it screws us over and we're talking about specifically not that audience um because we're a very hardcore horror crowd um, for this podcast so like it screws us over but ultimately this was a good decision because this movie has done so well at the box office yeah Yeah, like it it did deliver i always wonder with this sort of thing whether it becomes like a meme like morbius did and it it didn't really relate to people actually going to the cinema whereas this seemingly did like people saw that trailer on tiktok people thought it looked funny for whatever reason and then went and saw it at the cinema so it did pay off um and obviously if they could rework it and release it 
on you know blu-ray and stuff at a later date then that kind of does please everyone um i would also yeah, love to say let's just not watch this for six months <laughs> I, I don't think we should do it next week. now let's just wait for the for the uh director's cut it is funny isn't it but i do <laughs> think that with this movie anyway kind of i don't need it to be really gory in a body count like, i don't know it's not really what i was ever expecting from megan anyway but that's a whole other kettle of fish but um yeah it's interesting like it is one of those things that they kind of they made an executive decision and it was clearly the right decision as i keep saying because the movie's done so well um and we'll kind of have a couple of weeks of box office as well as it opens to different um you know markets next week when we get it but yeah this this definitely is the first big horror hit of the year so far which is great news to see and like i say for a new ip (laughs) obviously james wan is one of the few people and especially as well just as a smaller side um obviously james wan uh, the right, the co sort of writer of this movie, I think, is Akila Cooper, who was also the she wrote the screenplay for Malignant. Um, so they mm. they're kind of this duo, and obviously Malignant bombed completely um no one went to see it um that was one of those ones that kind of got released on demand at the same time whereas they they made the point specifically with this one to be like no this is gonna be a theater release only um and it's paid off and this movie has actually made money so i'm just happy for the people behind this because they deserve it you know for them to release back-to-back a new horror ips that just shit the bed at the cinema that would have really broke my heart um so yeah Mm. i'm i'm happy for them and i i hope we uh we both enjoy the movie next week um breaks my heart though talking about malignant bombing because that movie's so fucking good yeah i feel like on a weekly basis i think about how much money last night in soho made and it just makes me want to like never watch films again (laughs) truly Mm. like i just it makes me not understand no you know the, the world really yeah it's insane um but yeah we will talk about more about that of course next week but yeah shall we talk about this week's film do it let's talk about the menu So, yeah, this one um, we have mentioned multiple times, in fact. Um, I can't remember when it first got on our radar, um, but it was very much one that was on horror sites being talked about. Um, Obviously, the cast is one that is going to draw us to the film, which we'll get to. Um, But it was very much a case of what the hell is this film? And I think I remember seeing the trailer. It didn't answer any of those questions um, because it was, you know, purposely trying to keep all of its secrets hidden Um, on uh, Wikipedia. This is described as a black comedy horror uh, thriller. Um, Mm. I completely agree with having now said the film. Um, I would say it's definitely a black comedy thriller with with horror elements for sure. Mm. Um, But yeah, uh, I guess that's it really. What else is there to say? Obviously, this um, came out in cinemas last year. It is now on demand. Mm. And also in the UK, it just came to Disney Plus literally in the last week. So perfect timing for us to discuss this movie pretty wild although it's still in uk cinemas which is crazy yeah it's the time of year right now yeah um but yeah obviously there there are two big reasons why we're why we were excited for this with the cast um you know this is starring kind of anya taylor joy and ralph fines Mm. um which you know anya just you know she's in so much um and her keep you know her keeping within the genre is always just just exciting for me because I'm just waiting for her to kind of 
you know, get cast in Lord of the Rings season two, um, and then you know she, she's no longer in horror. So like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm I'm happy to see her keeping in. You know, even with this being a black, you know, black comedy, you know, thriller, then horror being the third, you know, prefix for it still, and then obviously Ralph Fiennes kind of. Well, can I just um, can I just say real quick while well, we because we just mentioned Anya mm. and then we'll move on to Ralph. Um, mm. The I feel like we did dodge the bullet with Anya because she did the Queen's Gambit on Netflix, which was yeah. a success and people really liked it. I'm but I blinders. yeah, but I thought that was going to be the moment where it was like, oh no, mm. now the Netflix crowd knows how amazing she is. That's all she's going to do yeah. now, and and she hasn't done mm. anything on Netflix I think since then, and she has done multiple genre films. So that is awesome. Mm. And also the other thing I want to quickly mention is because I don't think we mentioned it on our best of because there was so much to talk about. Um, um, you know we, we we highlight a lot about the people behind the camera who make these movies but anya taylor joy was in our best movie of the last two years um you know in a leading <laughs> role so last night in soho going into the northman i think that is amazing mm. like I, and again we talk a lot about obviously with um uh god my mind has gone completely blank robert uh, robert eggers um you know mm. directing two of two best movies for for the podcast but for anya to star in two and then for them yeah. to be back-to-back years is incredible and yeah she has been the most prolific actor uh, actor that we've covered for the podcast and she's been amazing and everything so yeah she definitely deserves um all of the credit and then yeah to to not cut you off because because ralph fines deserves a worthy intro as well Definitely, definitely. Well, yeah, and obviously with Ralph, like, you know, he's so synonymous with with kind of, you know, being a villain, whether it be directly in horror movies or in, you know, crazy Harry Potter movies that have just, you know, you can't see his face and not think villain, really. Kind he's of, you so know, you, good. You, like, he's genuinely he, so good, isn't he? Because <laughs> I feel yeah, like you know, with, you, with, with you being in something like Harry Potter, it just becomes a case of, like, oh, yeah, he's just in Harry Potter. But he, he plays mm. it, play, him playing Voldemort is one of the greatest villains in film history. Like, I don't care what anyone yeah. says. He's so good in those films. The, the, the second, you know, I've I mean, obviously, Christmas has just come and gone. So so clearly I watched all of the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> um, and and yet, you know, when he turns up in um, Goblet of Fire, it's just instantly the movies take a tonal change. Mm. They become they become like just infinitely more dark because he's terrifying every and, and it's obviously the look but it's the performance you know his voice and the way he portrays it he's fucking terrifying in those movies like from from the first second you know obviously you look at the later movies they get darker and darker but he's instantly terrifying but like you know he you know he's been killing it long before um harry potter you know i always think about red dragon mm. you know red dragon was one of uh, i think red dragon is one of the most like under like appreciated movies out there because i think you know it it did such a good job of giving us hannibal but giving us uh you know the, this other lens for it and i think kind of you know a fucking movie where you've got um anthony hopkins playing hannibal and ralph fines like playing a playing a villain as well i like mm. Holy shit! Like that movie was so good. We do mention I a lot. Scared the shit out of me as well. We we said in recent years, haven't we? Like, what are the greatest prequels? And I feel like mm. that's an obvious one that we always forget. Like, Red Dragon is 100%. one of the best prequels ever made. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's phenomenal. Like, it's such a good movie. And like, I always think of him as, um, you know, Red Dragon um, because of that movie. Mm. Um, 
and and so yeah ralph fine's kind of coming at least somewhat back to the genre in this in this movie was was great as well so like seeing those two casts got us instantly excited um but yeah i mean the menu is um it's it's a the movie just starts instantly with kind of anya as um, margot and kind of nicholas holt who we've already mentioned from renfield as tyler um as this kind of couple that are waiting at the docks to to board this kind of lavish um ship to to get whisked away to this exclusive restaurant and we kind of get caught up in this world where with no explanation and we kind of play catch up on the journey where yeah they're basically going to this very exclusive restaurant on an island that is this kind of you know crazy sought after um experience that that's only um uh open to the super rich kind of you know very exclusive club and kind of you know um we 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 get introduced to kind of multiple kind of couples throughout kind of the the boat journey and then kind of when we get to this restaurant and we kind of obviously our main lens it's kind of margot and, and tyler but then we kind of get these other couples we get this food food critic and kind of you know their conversation's great we get this movie star with his with his um pa um i can't think of his name now do you know his name yeah john from, John um, thank you from from silent night like um that that's great not silent night um night. Really, <laughs> yeah, that's the one thank you um and um yeah, we, we get kind of all of these little subgroups of the tables at the restaurant kind of being introduced. And then kind of when they sit down, we, we get this kind of preface of this island and kind of this exclusive experience. And we it's all building up to the reveal of kind of Ralph Fiennes as the chef and kind of the head chef and the introduction of him. And kind of the movie then is just this kind of journey through the the courses uh, you know the various courses of this crazy meal that they're taking and then it slowly descends more and more into kind of madness as the movie goes on um that you know i i think as you start to watch the movie you, you start to get a real taste for what they're trying to deliver yeah and um as soon as you're introduced to the first course of the movie you kind of know what what's good you know where this is going and it and it, and it and it's just building more and more and more, and we get more and more into each of these little subsection of characters, but also what the hell this this meal experience is going to be by the end of the night, which is, you know, all, all in all, pretty crazy by the end of it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that that's the menu. Uh. I mean, what what did you think of this uh, dark comedy slash thriller slash horror? Yeah, I mean, I, I was excited for this one, um, based upon, obviously, the cast and not really knowing too much about it. Obviously, I haven't seen the trailer, but I couldn't remember too much. I remember being like, oh, yeah, it's like this weird kind of foodie vibe. I'm getting that it's going to be a, a takedown on sort of pretentiousness and critiquing and all that sort Ooh. of thing. But I didn't really know how it would all work. And so kind of immediately being thrown into the world, being introduced to our sort of main couple, Margot and Tyler, but then, like you say, being introduced to everyone else. And kind of once we immediately get into that, that room where we where the most of the movie then plays Ooh. out i was just enamored by everything i i was enamored by all the characters that we'd been introduced to there was so much intrigue and mystery in almost everyone um you know early on kind of 
Tyler and Margot's relationship is really bizarre. I, you know, it's so hard to work out what's going on. Where it's like, are they a couple? Are they not? Like, they're not kissing, but they're kind of, you know, she's almost like leaning on mm. him, but not. You know, you don't. Is it is it a family vibe? Like, you really don't know what it is, and it, and everything is so intentional, which I love about this film. Like, there's so many small mm. things that are so intentionally crafted to confuse you early on to then give you the payoff later on. Um, you know, there's a small moment early on where the name is wrong. That, that is down for Margot and it's just this great awkward yeah. moment where you're like okay clearly Tyler was going to invite another girl so then you're starting to learn more about it and you're like oh he clearly needed a date so maybe I now get the vibe that they probably don't know each other too well and mm-hmm. just all these small things you're unraveling where they're just purely character moments which i think are great then once we get into you know the actual restaurant setting we're introduced to kind of ralph as the as the head chef um his presence immediately just kind of knocks you for for six where you're like oh this is going to be a proper tense terrifying ralph experience um yeah. I, I just don't he's dominating from yeah I, I can't even imagine what it's like being in the room when he's acting like this because he just he just kind of has this presence to him um, that Whoa. you just have to watch and you're just in awe and he's a person that I could just hear him talk forever um, and I don't know if I'd be terrified or fascinated or what but I'm just so or even you know laughing out loud at times. Um, but he just you, has, you would just follow him. Yeah, you would just follow him. He is a cult leader. Basically. Yeah, he, he just has uh, such. A, he starts talking, you listen to what he says and you follow his instructions. Definitely, which is why he is cast so beautifully in this film, because this is exactly who this person, Julian, is supposed to be. He's a celebrity chef, but he also has so much more under the surface that you're slowly unraveling through the movie. So, yeah, like early on, characters got me in, um, let alone all the all the side characters as well, which I think are mostly great. I would say aside from there's like a group of young sort of businessmen, um, which tie into the restaurant in interesting ways later on, mm. and they're fine, but I would say they are the, the least interesting characters. I'd say everyone else who has a speaking role, including all of the servers, including all of the other chefs, and all of the people that are actually eating in the restaurant are, are all worthy in this movie and all add to the overall experience. Um, but yeah, you're just unraveling more of the story, and then you kind of get it, it, it. The movie is like unsettling from from the moment it begins, because I think Margot mm. is so clearly a fish out of water, and I think that's where a lot of the unsettling feelings come from. Is we're kind of like, okay, why is she there, and now why are we here? And I don't know. It just worked for me that even though there wasn't strictly horror stuff happening, even just these small moments of like when you're seeing the the staff and the fact that they live there and it's this kind of pretty shitty digs that they live in, um, you know, let alone the fact that Julian has like his own manner that no one can go near. It's just this lovely little classic you know horror trope to set up something later on in the movie which is great so yeah like early on when when not much is happening it had me which is i always think the sign of a good film and then you kind of being introduced to these for these food courses which i think is done in such an interesting way like the, the film is incredibly well crafted i think the movie looks stunning and is and is kind of purposeful and it almost looks too good it looks artificial um which again i think is intentional um with the font the use of fonts throughout the whole movie is great and yeah it just it's so well crafted to then we then get to like horror reveals which i definitely think we should touch upon um but yeah i I think overall 
I absolutely loved the film. I, I was so enamored throughout, mostly due to the characters. And then as we learn more about everything, it just got better and better. And then it got more horror focused. It got more tense. It got more gory. It just kept delivering to me. Um, let alone the fact that I think this movie was absolutely hilarious as well. Like, I couldn't believe how funny this was. Um, and it's wild because we've seen quite a few movies recently that have been funny. Obviously, last week's movie was surprisingly funny. Um, and obviously, Violent Night being absolutely hilarious. And this, to me, was another one that I, I was laughing at so many different scenes. I think everyone has moments to shine, like we mentioned earlier. But John Leguizamo has, like, he's not in the movie much. But when he is, he's so funny. There's like a bit where he's where he's pitching this TV show to his PA, and I, I had me in stitches. Like I couldn't even hear what he was saying half the time because I was laughing so loud. Like he's just so goddamn funny. Let alone Ralph as well, who is terrifying and has such a presence but he also does comedy beautifully you know especially when he's interacting with nicholas holt's character who like again their whole (laughs) back and forth throughout this whole film and the way it builds and how it ends in such an amazing horror moment but throughout the whole movie it's hilarious you know how scared tyler is of him and how he wants julian to like him and all of this stuff it just everything about this movie worked to me um and it was a delight because i didn't know what it was going to be about and i think as it slowly unravels they slowly start to tell you like no this is what the experience is and it is all built into a big finale um and i think the movie had to deliver a finale because early on they're kind of setting up what the whole film is about which i do think i do want to reveal at a certain point because it is what Mm. makes it ultimately a horror film is kind of something that is said early on um i think we can do that yeah so we'll get to that um but yeah kind of i was like okay this is cool but you've now set yourself up for this finale and if you don't deliver this could make this whole movie fall apart even though i've been enjoying it so much i think the movie is amazing Uh, sorry the, the ending it specifically is amazing like it was so satisfying it was again both funny in terms of this movie being a black comedy and you laughing when you shouldn't laugh which i think works you know in a similar vein of like the sort of fucked up humor that you got in midsummer weirdly enough it reminds me of um and but yeah and really satisfying and i was end i was probably smiling through most of this movie other than when ralph fines was terrifying me and that was when i was just completely yeah. holding my breath but other than that i was smiling because the characters were so enjoyable or it was just very very funny um or just very enjoyable with its horror so yeah overall this was so much better than i expected i really didn't know what to expect but i ended up loving this movie so much yeah i mean this this movie um i think you know you, you touched upon it 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 just captivated me from the first minute where the movie starts and you're instantly like, okay, you know, it's exactly what you said. You know, what is their relationship? Oh shit. There's this movie star. There's, there's these film, these movie critics. Oh God damn it. The food critics, like, you know, all of these different people. And I'm like, okay, what, you know, what are their stories? What's going on? And then we get to the Island. We get to kind of this mystique around the menu and these, you know, they're, they're showing them around the fucking smokehouse and their living quarters. <laughs> I mean, what, what is this? Mm. You know, it was such like a weird thing. And I, and I think for the entire movie, I just sat there like just staring at every scene, just giving it my full focus and attention. And I was never thinking about what's going next. I was just thinking about what was going on and what was unraveling. And I think that was what was so good about it. And um, yeah, the, the second Ralph appears, he kind of just just takes control of the movie and, and takes control of everything that's going on in a way that it is again captivating. And you're just kind of, you know, 
the movie is making fun of the, the you know multiple things kind of you know this this over kind of you know prestige on these these elaborate experiences and just showing you know kind of how it can come and bite you in the ass which i love um and and i think kind of that and along with this just kind of pretentiousness around food and kind of this commentary on the chef character really that you know he is you know possibly the best chef on the planet but he's got to the point that he can't make food for people anymore he's gotten so exclusive that he can only give food to people that can't appreciate it which is very apt in the world we're in right now you know i'm not going to get into sport and and anything like that but like it really is getting to that point now when like you know the, the the top people can only perform to people that aren't really appreciating it and i think that is like a really interesting commentary to to be put out right now um and um seeing that you know that that story and how anya kind of is the contrast to it that she is this fish out of water and she is this kind of person that ralph is like shit like you're not the normal kind of clientele that i'm dealing with like who are you and you know unraveling that and i think all of that was great and i just got i just got caught up in the ride you know i got I got excited with every every time he clapped. I got excited <laughs> to be like, "What? What's the food?" Yeah, I know like, it's so what, good. What, what's going on? Like, and <clears throat> and and the thing that the movie did so exquisitely as well is like a movie that's so about food and this experience and everything. I was expecting the whole movie to feel like hungry, like wanting to eat what they were eating. I didn't feel that for the entire movie until the finale. Yeah, exactly um, the same. <laughs> and, and, and then I felt, and then I, then I felt ravenous for, mm-hmm. for exactly what was made. And I was like, Oh my God, I want that so badly. Yeah. And, and I was like, Oh, they, they fucking nailed that so hard. Yeah. That's exactly what they wanted to do. And it, and it was brilliant because I, I was drooling for that, that scene wanting to eat that food. And, yeah. and but for, for the, for the 90 minutes before that was all about this pretentious food they could shove it up their ass. You know, when they, when he brought out the dish that was just dip <laughs> with no bread. It's so good. Oh, I was dying, especially when, when fucking Tyler was yeah. like lapping it. And he, like Tyler was brilliant. His, his character like, is amazing. Isn't it? Like his whole overall arc oh, from where he begins and where he ends, like, I think is outstanding. It's perfect because when he's like, when they're like, don't take pictures, and I'm like, mm-hmm. fucking Tyler's not gonna be able to not take a picture. And then he's taking pictures, and then they have the whole pancake reveal, or not pancake, was it tortilla reveal? Yeah. And and kind of that was brilliant. And then like, yeah, him like constantly taking Anya's food and knocking a glass over, and like I was, I felt sorry for him in that moment. I was like, oh, he wants this so bad, and he wants to fit in and he's just fucked it up so badly yeah. i was like dude you, you you can't eat two of them you're only allowed one um it was it was just so perfect like i don't think this movie failed on anything it was trying to deliver yeah um you know is this the greatest horror movie we're gonna see like you know it, it's it's not um you know it's not a horror movie for the whole movie but but certainly when we get into the end it really does go into the horror but i think like I say, for execution of what you're trying to deliver, this movie was a great dark comedy that then when we got into it, it, it really did deliver on the horror. And But but I, I'm with you. Like, when, it, when we got into the horror, I was still kind of just entertained. And then I was like, oh, shit. Like, 
you've gone you've gone quite into the horror like mm-hmm. i was i was just i was just having a good time yeah like i could see that it would throw some people a curveball yeah definitely yeah because it just feels are, like a great film doesn't it it is yeah you become so fun enamored. movie and then suddenly yeah to me, it was just purely the characters, as you as you were just mentioning, like, and and definitely what you said about the whole they don't miss anything. Where th- this concept is so strong, and I think they perfect mm. deli- perfectly deliver what this overall concept concept should be about the menu. Yeah, and Julian as a character, and and everyone who's in this again serves their role per um like perfectly. I wanted to mention early horror stuff. Like, this isn't mad spoilers remotely, and especially because the movie mm. has been out for a while, but. Kind Kind of early on we get pretty much two big things happen one being a sort of i guess i don't need to massively spoil this one but it's a horrific moment that happens during one of the courses early on and it very much sets up that this is a horror film because it contains very graphic violence um and that's when the movie stops being sort of subtly tense and is just outright tense for all of the characters because they then now know Mm -hmm. that they're actually in a dangerous situation that where they could die um so that's a major thing but then i also like that early on when they're talking about the menu and the overall experience that has been perfectly crafted for these select people which is why margot's Mm. presence changes everything so much they talk about how you're not going to fully get it until the end um and they say that for this to work everyone needs to die at the end of this night and i loved that because it was a a big thing to say that early on for a movie that has been you know in terms of a horror movie is slow because it doesn't have like this huge body count or anything but to say that early on you you, you're you're almost purposely setting yourself up for disappointment if you don't deliver like a big gory finale Mm -hmm. which is why i think the finale works so well for me because they they over delivered on what i was expecting in the final moments um but that's where it really works for me as a horror film let alone like as again i I won't want to specifically spoil it but the overall arc of tyler is an amazing arc in a horror film you know specifically him being this kind of frantic kind of person that wants to fit in yeah that wants to love julian and and again he's you know he just has a partner because he needs a partner but he really doesn't care about her well-being and it's all about him he's an extremely selfish person and the way julian just kind of like perfectly reads him and knows exactly who he is as a person exactly what he's got going for him and how he isn't he'll never be who he wants to be and, and who he says he is and the way he just like verbally destroys him um and gets him to the point where he's at the end of the movie well, just yeah him, but like, it's just through you know his actions and just talking to him and being like i know that because of how much you care about my opinion if i give you my real opinion on you you won't even want to live in this world anymore like that's how mm. painful my words will be for you to hear and the performances of both of them in those scenes are just outstanding like nicholas holt is phenomenal in this film i think it's by far the best Mm -hmm. i've ever seen him in any film which definitely gets me excited for renfield more because i was gonna say it really did me Mm. like watching this i was like oh shit he's got chops yeah because i'm like oh he's good like i think this is by far his best performance in anything where i was like Mm. oh my god like the the range where he's an asshole at times he's sweet and kind of um you know almost like a yeah funny but he's almost like a sort of you know bit of an idiot and and, but then yeah how emotionally raw he is later on when he has these one-on-one scenes with julian they it it just works so well and yeah i i was outstanding like uh just blown away by how much this film worked because on paper i'm like oh yeah i'm kind of i'm not really into the whole 
let's all laugh at pretentiousness i'm kind of over that i'm like yeah i get it it's like when you have a film about the fashion world i'm like yeah i get it it's stupid like we all know it's stupid but i I, i'm almost at a point where i'm like yeah if they want to enjoy that they can enjoy it like i enjoy plenty of stupid things like i don't care if people want to enjoy clothing and take it really seriously like it really doesn't bother me so if people want to take food really seriously it really doesn't bother me at all but like i loved the way they did it in this film i I didn't think it was like over the top and it wasn't no it it wasn't in a bad place either it was all done from a place of fun and a place from love but then also Mm. wanting to point the finger and i also think it isn't really a takedown on food more of what you said that i think you can apply it to anything you can apply it to film you can apply it to just anything that people can obsess about and point that mirror in front of them and be like no just take a step back And, and is this all really that serious is it really life and death and i think that's why this movie works so well because it does end up being life or death so it's such a clever film. i think that's it it's it's, it's a commentary on obsession you mm. know the the loving something because because I, I i'm i've always been like that with you know when you talk about fashion or talk about whatever you know pretentiousness i'm like oh you know you do you like if you like that shit like that shit mm. and if you can afford to do that shit and you like it fine like whatever um you know and and there's no need to laugh at it really and and i think with this you know this is this is just about obsession where it's like yeah you you know if you love something great but you love it to a point that you can't enjoy it anymore you know and and like you know the the commentary on chef and kind of how he you know is like you know you know did this person that loved food and and was obsessed with it and wanted to be the best and he he achieved his dreams and then realized that like he couldn't cater for the people he wanted to cater for anymore and was just dealing with these pricks constantly. And I think that, you know, that that's, you know, that's just a great commentary on the world where we're at right now. Um, you know, and then, and then when you get like this, this commentary on kind of fandom and obsession from, from kind of Nicholas Holt's character, Tyler and kind of where that obsession ultimately end, you know, leads him to kind of end up. I think, you know, that was, um, you know, really deep. I think that 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 got to the point where I was like, you know, because this movie made me laugh multiple times and just made me kind of when if I wasn't laughing, I was smirking, you mm. know, the whole time watching this movie. And I think suddenly I was like, it got real where I was like, shit, like, yeah, his his obsession has just like got him over the line and he's not coming back from it. And I was like, shit, like, it, I really think it delivered. Um but you know, I think that there are so many characters in this movie. Obviously, like you know, Margot and Tyler and Chef is our main kind of triangle. But the film critic—I uh, keep saying fucking film critic—the the food critic was was a great kind of commentary. The 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 husband and wife, like uh, later on in the movie, when when Chef says, you know you've eaten in my restaurant more than almost any other person. You've been here 10 times in the last year. Most people, you know, save for a lifetime for this experience once. Name me one meal that you've had, one course that you had last time you came here and they fucking couldn't do it. Mm. I was like, that's perfect. That's so perfect that, yeah, that's that's what the world is, that there's people that would kill for you know ty- the tyler's of this world <laughs> that rightly or wrongly would kill for this experience and you fucking come here all the time and just don't appreciate it yeah you know and and it's like man that that is that is so fucking deep where you know how you know that, that part right there and but this movie has that commentary 
but isn't just a, a movie that's about the message and the commentary. It, it's thoroughly entertaining. It's funny. And then when we get into the violence, it delivers as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, that is something that's incredibly rare for, for, for us with the podcast, because so many times we talk about a movie that's all message and no substance. Um, and, you know, for this to have those messages, but, but, but ultimately if you just want to switch off and be like, okay, I'm just going to watch these like rich people go to this restaurant and then get like fucked up from it. I'm like, you could have that and just have a really dumb time just watching it and laughing and not take away anything if that's what you want. Or yeah. you could, or you could look at the the meaning of it. And I think, you know, that's, that's where this movie is incredibly strong when it, when it kind of has both sides of it. So, so yeah, I, I, you know, I have to tip my hat to that as well because that is a rare thing to actually pull off. That to me was like the biggest success about this entire film was that because the movie is about a specific thing, it's about pretension and about critiques and stuff. I really wondered how sort of strong that sort of messaging and commentary would be. And I think mm. ultimately it's very light. It's very subtle. I think ultimately the main purpose of this movie is to be an entertaining and funny film, which I think it does mm. do. And I think the fact that it does lean so hard into the comedy is um purposeful and needed i talk a lot about movies in general n not you know there are certain movies that shouldn't have comedy that do have comedy um mm. barbarian was a great example there's a couple of moments that try to be funny in barbarian and both times i've watched that movie i didn't laugh at all because i just found them to be cringe and i was like no this movie's awesome it doesn't need any comedy um Whereas this film, perfect, like it needs to be a comedy because otherwise it'd have been way too fucking heavy and it wouldn't have been enjoyable. And I think the fact that we just have things that are almost thrown in in a way that would just be so over the top, like his drunk mother, whose almost only purpose in the whole <laughs> film is comedy relief. Like she really doesn't yeah. add anything to this film other than just, oh, here's my darling mother. She's always drunk. And, and in moments of, of levity or when it's very serious, she'll just go over and get another bottle of wine and you, and you laugh at that. Yeah, like she's hilarious. It's such just the, that is just a straight up comedy character. I don't really think there's any sort of message there or anything, um, but it's, no. but it works and the movie needed that. And I think that, that's what was so good about especially with the with the food courses which is kind of like the main driving factor through most of the film where it is this it's this takedown on pretension and obviously with him you know serving these sauces without the bread is kind of like the pinnacle of that um but then i love the one i think it's the one after that where it's like the the, the scissors in the chicken thigh is oh, yeah. just brilliant because he's telling this like really serious story about his like alcoholic dad who was like beating up his mom and how he had to defend mm. her and and then he does it in such a ludicrous way by then showing you what this meal is that inspired it and it's like oh yeah the the level between like absurdity and like pretension is just so thin that there almost is, isn't a line and yeah that they just nail everything that there's a million examples that i don't want to get to because i don't want to spoil it and i think it's the only thing that is unfortunate about this conversation is most of these great takedowns that involve violence are within the last third of the film um mm. which is why we're purposely not talking about it because i think everything else is to do with great character and comedy which is mostly for the first you know two acts but then when it's like okay now we're going to get character payoffs now we're going to get moments of violence that are funny that do still have important messages 
but this is where it then becomes a horror movie and we don't want to do like a full spoiler alert for it but um i i definitely want to leave people with that because you might have heard this conversation think yeah but where's the horror like the horror is here as we keep mentioning Mm -hmm. it's not going to be the most horror that we'll see all year but it's certainly enough that horror crowds should watch it and so like if horror crowds are interested in it then it becomes a case of well is it a good film and i think this is an amazing film full stop regardless of any sort of genre you want to chuck onto it even though it is mostly comedy but but thriller is the best way to describe it because i was incredibly tense even though i've not really seen a movie that was this funny and this tense in ages like, no. i don't even know if ever no. it was weird I, I couldn't believe how much i found it entertaining and funny when you know john was talking to his pa or or you know nicholas holt doing his sort of level of pretension and explaining why he loves this to to um anya's character who just wasn't who just didn't care she's like, oh no i pass i'm just, I'm just not that hungry like i just loved how much oh, she was the counter opposite to him in yeah, every it was, was so good. And that starts that, with that Tyler, and how that then moves on to her interactions face to face with Julian and and kind of their mm-hmm. different views on f- food and and again how that pays off in the amazing finale. Like I, I can't understate how much I love the last ten fifteen minutes of this movie. I think from the moment we get to the path to the ending, it's ten out of ten from there. Like it's so good. The dialogue between Anya and Ralph, the acting between the two of them, and the payoff is so so strong um but yeah this was so much better than i was expecting i I was like oh yeah i'll probably like this based upon who's in it but i did not expect to love this the way i do when they um when they turn around and and show the picture of Mm. i I, i'm not comfortable calling him julian i i (laughs) I must call him chef um when they show the picture of chef like (laughs) younger and and i was like oh shit and then like the second that happened i, I in my head i was like wouldn't it be funny if and then that's exactly mm. what happened and it was executed to perfection and you know again like we've spoken a lot about movies where we're like oh i've wanted them to do like i wanted them to turn left and they turn right and mm. that's a shame but i can't i can't judge them harshly because i chose to turn right and the movie turned left but I was like, oh, wouldn't it be great if they took that left turn and they fucking took that left turn? Mm. And it was it was great. And like the second, you know, the meal suggestion came out there, I was like, oh, no way. And then <laughs> it was just perfection. It was so good. And everything about it, like, I, I wish we could go into full spoilers on it. And but it it's not really needed. We're that far into the discussion. Mm. But but to the point of like it, it just everything really delivered. Um and and it was it was one of the bits where I ended up, you know, like I say, I, I spent a, a chunk of this movie, you know, I, I did laugh. I think I smirked more than I laughed. But with that whole scene, I just had a giant smile on my face. Yeah. And was just like, oh, they're doing exactly what I want. And it's exactly what, you know, that execution is exactly how I want it to be. Yeah, it's everything you want in that moment where it's thoroughly entertaining. Mm. It fits the characters perfectly. It just it all ties well. And and yeah, again, not to fully spoil it, but when you see that photo, specifically Mm. him smiling, it's like you just the instant you see that, you just know, and you're like, oh, this is so good. The way they're now adding 
just seeing an image of someone smiling adds so much to a character that with it that is the definition of a picture is worth a thousand words because you see mm-hmm. that picture and i now know everything i needed to know about chef and it is and, and to set up the finale perfectly like it's god it's so good this movie is so much mm-hmm. better than it had any right to be i think was my biggest takeaway <laughs> Which I guess why yeah. is it has such amazing actors in it because they clearly believed in this project and they were right to because yeah it was so so good I I I'm glad this movie did well because um, it says apparently it made seventy six million at the box office based upon a thirty million budget which is very decent that's more than I was expecting because I thought this movie kind of came and went but I do wonder if um it definitely like didn't help the fact that they couldn't give away anything in the trailer um so i'm glad Mm. that the star power clearly got people to the cinema like clearly people wanted to see ralph and that's that's awesome um because yeah i I think you could cut a trailer that would be more spoilery that would give you a better sense of what this movie is actually about but i'm glad they did it the way they did um for sure um but yeah i guess as far as recommendations go um why, why don't you kick us off yeah, I recommend this. Why not? <laughs> hey, you know, it's nothing better to do. It's on Disney um, I Plus. Think it's, yeah, <clears throat> obviously, yeah, it's a strong recommendation, and it's it's a great feather in the cap for Disney Plus as well. Like mm. it's it's weird, you know. Disney Plus, I, I load it up, and I'm like, oh, I want to watch Star Wars, and then I'm like, and then Disney Plus is like, do you want to watch Barbarian? Do you want to watch Menu? <laughs> I'm like, fuck that. Do you want to watch Fresh? Mm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to watch them. <laughs> you know, I'm like god like it's actually got like a deep list like you look at those three movies and i'm like they're three of the best movies we've seen in the last 12 months yeah you know i'm like man they're they're, they're all on disney plus like they're, they're, suddenly it's got a stellar horror lineup you know suddenly you know i, I don't want to dampen that conversation with the fact that but but the fact that you know um american horror story is all on there and that's where in the uk we get to see the new content of that it is where you get to see walking dead and the new content of that like you know, it, it is it is suddenly getting like this horror lineup of film and TV that that you know you're like shit. Like you know, you scratch the surface, and I'm like, I went there to watch like Bambi, and suddenly yeah, I'm watching I'm watching Barbarian. I'm like, these are two very different movies. It is funny, like obviously, if you think about that that trifecta of movies on there, um, put into mm. aside Prey, which for the most part people yeah. very much liked. We personally didn't, but I think overall it was well received. I've, I've heard some people out there like Prey. Yeah, like I don't know how because I genuinely hated it, but like those other three are amazing, and the fact that they are mm. at home on Disney Plus is wild to me. So, um, but yeah, as far as recommendations go, unequivocally recommend this movie to anyone listening to this podcast doesn't matter if you're the most hardcore um horror fan or somehow the most casual that ended up listening to a weekly horror podcast i don't think that exists um but yeah Mm. like this movie is just awesome it's an awesome movie that i ended up having a blast with and i found it to be utterly hilarious thoroughly entertaining from from minute one to the to the finale and genuinely like the final still and then going into credits i was almost applauding with how much i enjoyed the finale and yeah the movie just never stopped being entertaining for me as well as yeah having an insane amount of awesome kind of commentary and stuff i only really think about now post seeing the movie it wasn't something that i was necessarily worrying about watching the movie because it was just so entertaining but now you think about it i'm like oh yeah no this this does have meaning not that it needed to but it's cool that it has that but then yeah and, and it also again we just see good performances like all the time but 
it's just phenomenal. Like the, these lead three actors in, in Ralph, Anya, and Nicholas are so good. The, the, the supporting cast is all fantastic as well. Like I love like the main sort of waitress as well. She was hilarious with how yeah. sarcastic she was. She made the businessman worth it because of how she talked to them. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, everyone's great. It's just it's just an all round fantastic movie that I really really enjoyed. And yeah, talking about like original fresh stuff. Like I've I couldn't even say what this is like. It really isn't like anything um no which is great no, and I, I just need to see ralph in more horror mm. movies yeah for i think sure. that's what i've taken away from this i'm like okay like i'd be scared though uh, you know, you, you, <laughs> yeah i would be scared but i want it yeah like if this is what he does in a, in a in a pretty hilarious movie i can't imagine if he was doing a really like hardcore a24 serious horror film like I'm not, i don't think i'm ready for that i'd be too scared oh imagine if he was like in an area after horror movie <laughs> like yeah, we, you know, we need, we need uh, to get think, him in Nosferatu, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I just think like he he is one of the most terrifying actors. Like he really like like um you know I think the the Red Dragon kind of you know r- it really was handing the the torch over almost. Mm. Um, and you know he is just terrifying in a way that is just true horror. Yeah, You know, you, you have these people that can play villains and, you know, we have kind of, you know, obviously we talk about Richard Brake on a, on a um, regular basis on the podcast and he's consistently delivering these horror characters. But, you know, someone like Ralph is just, yeah, like, like the second he steps into a room, I feel, I, I don't know whether I'd ever want to meet the man because mm. I'd, I'd be scared. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, you know, even just looking at it like his IMDb picture, <laughs> like at red carpets. I'm like, nah, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's terrifying. <laughs> it's so good. I, I, I love like Daniel Radcliffe, like, wakes up every night, yeah. like, scared <laughs> and Voldemort. Like, I can only ever imagine being on that set. Like, nah. <laughs> Thankfully, he was only introduced in film four, because could you imagine if he was acting with those in the first film? Like, he would have, they would have all oh, quit. No, they'd be traumatized. <laughs> yeah, it would have been too much. Um, but yeah, what a guy. I, I do love actors like that who you've seen them in so much you've you've grown mm. to love them and you've seen them in so many different roles but he still has that unnerving presence after all these years mm. right well yeah like even just seeing a photo of him i'm like man he just i don't know if he he just looks like a killer doesn't he and like he's just such a good actor yeah. he really is I think, I think that's the thing like when we talk about this movie i i it, it was the poster that just stuck mm. into my head where I, it was just him as chef being like fuck this guy like mm-hmm. he, he's gonna fuck you up somehow yeah like you know and I, and I think that that poster encapsulates him you know ralph as this actor that, that can terrify you is it, just perfectly captured in that one picture yeah the the, the three actors are so well cast because he, like really say, he is a perfect villain nicholas his range in this movie being like a likable actor and he needed to be a likable character early on which was fantastic and then anya can of course carry any film that she's in as a protagonist so it's yeah it's just perfect um yeah what a film what a start to the year like considering we see we saw two films that we you know could have seen last year i think it just adds mm. to that overall what we were saying on best of of like 2022 was very good most specifically the last three months of 2022 was insane yes. and i think these you know both these movies we could have seen but we we couldn't because there was already 
too much shit. I mean, you know, movies that we were covering at the end of the year, the amount that were in our top 10, whether it was Barbarian or Bones and All, like there were so many movies that made our top 10. Yeah. That we got Violent Night, like there were multiple Violent movies Night, yeah. that we covered right at the end of the year that were the best of the year. And yeah, these these two fantastic, like strong recommendations to kick off the year, which is great. They're obviously both available mm. on Shudder and Disney Plus as well, which is which is also awesome. Um but yeah, that was our discussion on the menu. We will take a quick break and we will be right back. So yeah, that is uh, pretty much it for this week. Um, obviously next week, extremely excited. Um because yeah we kind of have the first big horror film of the year in megan um which feels like a lifetime ago when we actually first talked about this movie so i'm glad it's finally here yeah. for us um this friday the 13th so hopefully everyone enjoys it and we'll be talking about that next week um but then we also have something even bigger this current weekend or this coming weekend which is know, the debut the premiere episode of the last of us of course hbo in the states sky atlantic in the uk so hopefully everyone checks this out i i really hope that there's listeners i, I would love to hear from people who have never played the game or seen it or anything that's yeah, just going to go in sure. blind um you're so lucky <laughs> that you get to experience this as long as yeah. it's you know if it's anywhere near as good as the game then you are very lucky um and yeah we're going to be talking about it next week and and the next however many weeks it's on i think this is a big one the first one i, I think it's feature length it seems like oh, um really nice. so yeah we basically have two films to talk about next week so please no one release any horror news next week because we already have plenty to talk about oh, next week don't bother there's no need like no. <laughs> scream yeah calm down weeks now. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you could have shot your shot this week, but now you're gonna have to wait. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the the thing that's funny about it is, I, I at this point I have zero doubts. Like, I can't. Like, I really hope that I don't like have sour grapes next week when mm. we're talking. But I, I have I have zero doubts. Yeah, I'm like I'm gonna fucking love this. Like, I I don't think I've ever been more confident like going into something than than this like i've uh, like i know that's massively setting us up for a fall but i really <laughs> feel that way about it where i'm like fuck i'm gonna love this i'm like pretty much um, exactly there where i'm i i think yeah. the things that we know and love in the game should be there and should be awesome the things that i'm really mm. excited about are the new shit where i'm hoping mm. it's just gonna overall at, like add to my current overall love of the last yeah. of us because we're gonna you know we're gonna learn more about the actual fungi and the virus and stuff which isn't really talked about in the games and, and just all these different things from the backstory of characters that i can't wait to see fully fleshed out my i guess my only nervous bit is it seems like they have adapted all of part one in this first season which just seems mental to me but we'll, i guess we'll see it obviously in the in the coming yeah. weeks but like i would have rather they took I, their time with this because it's such a good story that i yeah. didn't think it needed to be one season but we, we shall see i know what you mean I, I i just cannot wait for next week and i'm sure listeners like we can't wait for you to actually better talk about it <laughs> to keep speculating but like i can't wait to just see what this first like hour and a half is mm -hmm. like you know are we are we just outbreak are we actually introduced to joel and ellie together mm -hmm. do do we see flashes forward and flashes backwards between different you know parts of it like what what are they going to give us and i think you know it, it's 
the, the more I think about it, the more I think it has to stay truer to the game because they have to cater to the audience that haven't played the game. You know, they, they can't introduce this world and have little vignettes and backwards and forwards because this is a massive show for them. It, it, this is this is a giant television release. This isn't just Netflix shitting out a horror IP. Mm. Like, you know, this this is this is a huge show and so they, they, they need to build a world. And so that makes me think more and more it's gonna be more traditional to the game. And they're gonna be like, Oh, okay, if as long as we do it right, people that love the game will love it and then the people that haven't played the game and actually see the opening to the game for the first time, it's going to knock your socks off. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I fucking can't wait. I'm really excited. Like I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, I'm very curious about, cause they've already talked about like, Oh, if it's successful, whereas I'm pretty sure it's going to be successful that they talked about, mm. you know, adapting part two into the TV show and, yeah, as, which have been wild. Yeah, like, as someone who's, who's just replayed it, and to keep it very brief, like, I absolutely loved it, and I now equally love Part 2 as much as Part 1, which I'm really happy to say. Yay! Um, Yay, I'm so happy. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Like, it is still a bit too long. It's about three times the size of the first game, and there are parts of it that I'm not in love with, but I, I love 90% of that game. Um, I love everything Joel and Ellie. I love everything most of the new characters as well. Um, but playing that game again... I have no fucking idea how you adapt that into a TV show. Like, literally no idea. I, I, no. I think it's impossible. No. I, I genuinely think what the emotions the, the, that they the make you feel in, in part two, I think is impossible mm. to translate to a TV show, genuinely. So I don't know how they'll do I, it. I don't, think, I don't think you can, because, because part one is a movie. Yeah. It's ABC, you mm-hmm. know, it's start, middle, end. And, yeah. it, and it's very concise and it's very theatrical in, its, in, it, in the way the video game is portrayed. Mm. But yeah, the part two is not that at all. Like, no, it, it would specifically be... holding a mirror up to you as a player and being like, do you really want to be doing this right now? And that just doesn't work yeah. as a TV show. You can obviously change things slightly, but that is the overall experience is like, do you really want to be playing this game right now? And I'm like, no, but yeah. I love these characters in the world. I want to see what happens. And like, so... Yeah. But um, I would love to see them try, and yeah, good luck to whoever's cast as Abby for uh, in future seasons as well. Um, oh, I mean, who would you cast as Abby? I can't even begin. I was just thinking about um, God, I forgot her name now. Is it? Oh, it's uh, Bella Ramsey, isn't it? Who's playing Ellie? I was yeah. thinking, like, does yeah. she know what she signed up for? Because Ellie in part one and Ellie in part two is dramatically different. And I, 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 I'm like, I don't think you're ready for, especially cause she's talked about how they told her not to play the games and she, but she did look them up and kind of saw a bit about the first one where I'm like, man, if you have signed on to do this show with potentially, you know, multiple seasons and it could be one of the biggest shows mm. ever, you have no idea what is in store for you in part two. Like I think Ashley Johnson's performance in the last of us part two specifically is the best performance in any video game I've ever seen. Um, and I don't, I don't know how anyone could ever do that. So (laughs) good luck to her. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. I can't believe believe this next week. We're actually going to have seen like the actual show, not just analyzing trailers. Oh, I can't wait. So exciting. Um, I almost yeah. don't want that to happen though. I like talking shit about it so much. Mm. Like it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, but that's the amazing thing is it's not like a movie like Scream where we have to cram it all into one yeah, week and quickly we, move yeah, on. Like, is it nine episodes? I don't even know, but we're going to get at least the next two months. So every single yeah, week <laughs> there's going to be extended episodes talking about this show. Sorry, so, and it will just be for our enjoyment. So hopefully people like The Last of Us as much as we do. I'm sure they will once mm. they 
if you actually give it a chance and it is yeah if it's as good as we think it will be and i listen as we keep saying it's hbo they have been like positioning this like it is the next big thing and they don't miss in my opinion so uh mm. oh, can't wait next week and yeah a brand new horror ip yeah, in oh, cinemas yeah exactly can't wait oh what a week next week bring it on um but yeah that was episode 331 uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could, and how could I start that?